I would pay so much money if the return of James Corden and Carpool Karaoke was Harry and Meghan. You would pay, like, you would do a pay-per-view fee. 100%. (laughs) You would, you would do, like, a a wrestling pay-per-view fee for... Absolutely. (laughs) 1999 pay-per-view for James Corden and Harry and Meghan, and they're driving in their gated community in the Hollywood Hills somewhere, a thousand percent. And so would all of you. Don't lie. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm the founder of LaineyGossip.com. I am a talk show host here in Canada and an entertainment reporter, and I am desperately in need of a pedicure. I'm Duana Taha. I am a television screenwriter and producer, and my idea of the future involves teleportation and no bras. On this episode, we talk about the unroyal Harry and Meghan. What are they going to call themselves? Well, we happen to have a name therapist here to help us out with that. I'm rolling out some ideas, but I'm more interested in what their big first move is going to be and whether it's going to be a little, take that, dad. We talk about what it might look like. And Jimmy Fallon has two secret weapons while he's broadcasting The Tonight Show from his home. They are the great equalizer and there's never been a more accurate picture of why stars are finally just like us. Finally, she's 50, we think, and Mariah Carey keeps giving. After seeing her on the star-studded concert on Sunday night, we have some questions about her geography and her wardrobe. This is Show Your Work. video of Seth Rogen asking his Alexa to fart? (laughs) No. Uh, So I guess he discovered this because he's Seth Rogen uh, and he asked Alexa to fart and Alexa had not just Alexa didn't just comply she had many different versions to offer him and suggested I mean, this is not a, you know, this is a uh, sometimes explicit word podcast, but not a dirty word podcast. So I'm not going to tell you all the versions. No, but so, what? I want to like, know. She would say, ask me to do a difficult one. Or uh, she would say, would you like a random one? Say random. And he'd go random. And she'd go, that was a poopy one. Um, <laughs> poopy or shitty? No, she said the word poopy. Oh, okay. So uh, what's even funnier is that when people were playing this video back, then their own Alexas responded, like heard Seth Rogen asking uh, Alexa, like, <laughs> do a fart. <laughs> and their own Alexas heard it. So, um, and, you know, he addressed, like, uh, I know we, we maybe should be worried about these things spying on us, but I can't care right now. Right. Um. So I guess that's my question to you, other than are you going to go by an Alexa so that you can hear her poop um, or hear her fart repertoire? No, I, I don't think, even though probably our phones are spying on us, I understand that. But the whole, I don't know, that home device thing and the spying to me, I just divided into different categories and I talk too much shit at home. Well, as we all do. As we all do. Uh, you should also know that when you ask uh, Siri, like ask a HomePod to fart, she says, no comment. Oh, how, is she British? Basically. <laughs> how fucking precious of her. Yeah, well, listen, who knew that this was going to be a selling feature of the Alexa? <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, so where did he post this? On Twitter. 
Okay. Like the whole exchange between him and Alexa? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like uh, 90 seconds long. And it loops so seamlessly that before you know it, you're listening to her going through her whole repertoire of farts again. There are others. Uh, and she has really specific suggestions about what he should ask. Uh, do you want to hear a difficult one? Do you want to hear a noisy one? It's kind of amazing. Like, is would this have happened if we we weren't all staying at home? Absolutely not. Right. Like, I mean, I I maybe he would have discovered it, but would it have been considered? I mean, look, it would still have been appropriate Seth Rogen uh, content, I guess. But uh, would it have become the like small cultural moment that it has become? You know, Probably I should not. I should make clear that like, of course. Um, you know, none of this should be happening. Obviously, the loss of life and the illness is terrible. But I wonder, like, what crazy invention do you think is going to go, like come out of all this self-isolation? Or are we just doing stupid shit? <laughs> I think it's 90% stupid shit. I think that the underwire bra is going to be done. Because the whole reason that people wear underwire bras, which we all acknowledge are uncomfortable, is because there's a certain look you're supposed to have in public, right? Right. And you can't not do that when everybody else is is sort of adhering to one standard. I but haven't if, worn an underwire bra in seven years. Okay, but you have boob privilege. We've talked about this. I do not have boob privilege. I have big ones. Uh, fine. You have uh, an yeah, but the rest of you, are we going to do this? The rest of your aesthetic and physicality lends itself to the the things that you wear that lend themselves to a flat uh, a flat boob look accomplished oh. through a sports bra. Fine? Okay. My um, point is, now that everybody has almost certainly been without them for weeks on end and what looks like weeks and weeks more... Uh, I strongly suspect that they're just going to fade out of fashion altogether. Wait, aren't you doing, I thought you'd be the person who would, who's doing the, what's that thing that people are doing on Sundays now? Have you heard about it? I don't know if I have. Or it's some people are doing formal Friday uh -huh. and some people are doing, oh, it's a something, something on Sundays. Here, let me tell you exactly what it is. It is a thing that people are doing on Sundays where, um, they, they're, they're saying, oh, I, uh, I'm distance, but make it fashion on Sundays. So oh, they, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like you'd be, I mean, you're constantly like, sometimes when I house party you three times a day, you're in a different outfit each time. Uh, yeah, sometimes that's true. But I'm more into the, I'm definitely like pulling out the shoes that are too uncomfortable and too expensive to actually wear in the world that I long ago stopped wearing for actual out of doorsness because they can't sustain a whole night out or whatever. I like to wear those with a pair of, you know, pajama pants that are, have different colored reindeer. I, I like the mix of, uh, we're making this combination happen in a way that it would not happen out of doors. But uh, that was my initial answer to what inventions. Uh, I think uh, this is going to be the end of the underwire bra in the history book, in grade nine history in 100 years. That's going to be one of the things. Um, I, uh, what else? I'm, I'm not sure. I wonder if we're all going to become experts at self-grooming. Oh, yeah, that's probably true, too. Like, the number of things that I've seen people say they are taking on or trying uh, that they never would have dared. I really enjoy a home haircut myself, uh, but a lot of people are squeamish about that, and I feel like they're beginning to take that on. Um, I guess it'll be about, yeah, what matters and what doesn't. But I really thought you were aiming at, like, one particular uh, invention of some sort. Like, you had a particular thing in mind. Oh, I don't have anything in mind. I'm just really curious about like the big invention, like um, finally someone's going to actually do a real life, um, I don't know, um, invisibility cloak. Well, it's funny you say that because <laughs> we were talking about the other day about, you know, when you used to watch like sci-fi shows as a kid 
and they would just have a pocket computer or uh, the reference always is Penny and Inspector Gadget had that book that she could do anything and make anything work from. And you're all, all like, yeah, that's not real. We now have all of those things, obviously. A phone is a tiny computer that can do all of those things, except teleportation. Still don't have that. Whether you want to talk about it in a Harry Potter, uh, you know, apparating kind of way or a sci-fi like your body turns into sparkly air, Star Wars kind of way. Teleportation is the one thing we don't have. So, yes, I'm waiting on somebody to come up with that. All right. So at the end of um, isolation, when we've flattened or planked the COVID-19 curve, someone will be able to teleport. Let us know. (laughs) Okay. So uh, the work has not slowed down. Yeah, I know it. (laughs) I was a little bit worried I mean, I was maybe 15% worried that when all this happened, I was like, oh, you know, what are we going to write about every day? Um, is there going to be enough celebrity gossip and celebrity news? Um, lo and behold, you, not that we needed any confirmation, but it turns out that during isolation, celebrities desperately need attention and will create their own stories. Surprise that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the royal news has not slowed down. Um Prince Harry and Meghan Markle once again in the headlines. Well, let me pause you for a second there, because as we speak, obviously, as always, we record a day or two before uh, our podcast goes up. But, um, you know, as we speak, uh, Boris has been diagnosed with COVID-19. Bojo has the Rona, as I said. Um, Prince Charles allegedly has begun to recover. Is that what we're hearing? Supposedly he's out of isolation, which, I mean, it was only confirmed a week ago that he had it. So I guess they delayed it a week before like revealing it. Right. And usually this is the kind of thing I would ask you at the end of a conversation, but I'm going to just hit you with it right away. Do you think that part of this Harry and Meghan story and drama is to just, I just heard a big something. Is that something? What you heard is a dog shaking his head and flapping his ears back and forth. This is homework reality. Uh, The dogs will interject much more, and so will children. Right. Fair enough. Uh, Certain children are barred from the place, but that doesn't mean much. Uh, (laughs) Ask me in an hour. Um, Yeah, so my question to you is, uh, is some of this, Harry and Meghan news and business as usual being you being used to distract people from, uh, Hey, uh, all of our supposed leaders are possibly desperately indisposed. I, I'm going to say no, even though I always like a good conspiracy. And the reason why is because today is April 1st and today has always been the first day of the Sussexes being non-senior members of the royal family. Like this was decided weeks upon weeks upon weeks ago, well before we knew that there would be a worldwide shutdown because of COVID-19. And although, you know, I like to give credit to pretentious British royals and aristocracy for a lot of things, I will not give them credit for having the foresight to predict that on April 1st, 12 weeks ago when they decided this, that the world would need some sort of distraction from world leaders contracting the virus. So why then was it April 1st? What was what was or is the significance of that date? So the significance was that you remember Harry and Meghan returned to London for their final weeks or final engagements as senior royals. And one of those engagements was Commonwealth Day. It was March 9th. Sure. Um, the farewell tour. That's right. So they went back to London for the farewell tour for, you know, their final commitments. Um, and so... I think that it was always intended that week to be their last in London. So March 9th was a Monday. Let's call that Friday would have been the 13th and then two weeks out from there, right? Mm -hmm. Is a good clean end and beginning. So March 31st being their last day as senior royals and then April 1, see you later, goodbye, you're off on your own. Great. So April 1st starts their new, new life. Yeah. And so... Much was made several times back in the day and then more recently when they dropped their the hammer on their new plans of 
Sussex Royal and that brand and that website and so forth. And so part of what's happening is that they're not going to be called royals anymore. True? True. So they're they're not allowed to use royal in their branding right. because even though technically, especially Harry, is still royal, like he is still sixth in line to the throne. It hasn't changed the order of succession. So Wait, can he I is you? still royal. But why hasn't it changed the line of succession? If, in fact, he has stepped out of royal life and all the rest of it, why is he still that guy? It's birthright. I mean, he was born, period. Sure, but then he's not royal until they say he's royal. Isn't that the case? I Listen, they said that, you know, the bosses of the royal British royal family said, you can't call yourselves royal, I guess, for commercial reasons, but Aha. on a technicality in terms of birthright, yes, the blood coursing through your veins is royal, and therefore, in the British line of succession, you remain sixth in line to the throne and still a prince. Therefore, technically, you're still royal. He is still royal. Fine. So then what we're learning here is it's just about you can't use the word royal to promote yourself. Correct. Right? Yes. Okay, so Elaine, here's the thing, though. That seems like it is a... That, how do I put this? It seems as though the people who are saying you can't use it think that that's going to be a much bigger, like, uh, fuck you than it actually is. Is there any world in which not using Royal anymore is going to cause Harry or Meghan any problems? I don't know that it'll, like, will it reduce for, I think what you're getting at is, does it mean that suddenly we won't care about them anymore? Or, or, <laughs> or look, I mean, I think what we're about to talk about and have been hinting around is like, what are their business concerns? How are they going to make money is something everybody wanted to talk about uh, a few months ago, right? Yeah. But there's nothing... I can think of that is coming at them or that uh, that was a potential business deal that will go away because they can't use the word royal anymore. Correct. True? True. I agree with you. There's still Harry and Meghan. You know, there is no other sort of celebrity and famous couple to rival their dazzling star power right now. I mean, we don't have a brand anymore. You know, all of that, right? So they're still a couple of intrigue, perhaps the couple that is most intriguing. So to your point, one word, does it make a difference? I don't think so. I think this is family politics and bitch politics, whatever. Um, but I do think it is interesting um, that they have to rebrand. Like they have shut down essentially their Instagram. They uh -huh. have shut down their website. Both will remain up, but inactive. So they will no longer, like, it's so weird to me because, you know, I think we've all seen examples of you can keep an Instagram account, so you can keep all the pictures, but instead of calling yourself Molly, you can change the word to Mulligan. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, sure. So in theory, it could have been that they kept the grid, right? Yes. Yeah. And instead of Sussex Royal, they could have changed it to the Sussexes, whatever. Yes. But they are not doing that. They are no longer posting on that Instagram account, sussexroyal.com or whatever it was, their website is now going to stay up, but it will no longer be active. And that's they're gonna, the archive. That's right. So now they're going to start from scratch, like an entirely new grid on Instagram and uh -huh. an entirely new website with a different name. So it could be Sussex Fun or <laughs> Sussex Glam, Hollywood Sussex, whatever the case may be. So this is your realm. A lot of it is the naming. Yes, of course. And that's why, I mean, what was the event that he did a few weeks ago, still under the banner, when he was back? Maybe it was the trip that he took where she didn't come. And he did an event and he was like, please just introduce me as Harry. Yeah. I think that was the Wellchild Awards. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so obviously they've been prepping for this. I can see a world in which, you know, Harry and Meghan is all they need. They're never going to need surnames. They're never going mm -hmm. to need uh, anything in particular. Right. Uh, and I guess Sussex technically is a title that was bestowed on them. Right. So 
even if they get to keep those things. You can tell me about what they get to keep or not keep or whatever. Oh, so okay. So are you are you saying that they go by like the the you know the Oprah and Beyonce and the one name? Um, who's who are they going to be confused by? If somebody says Megan is coming, <laughs> what is the situation in which you're like Megan Trainer? Really? Fox. <laughs> Megan Kelly, maybe, but still, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, Harry is coming. Yeah, I can see a world in which absolutely they are just just Harry and Megan, uh, and you know it allows them to not have to come up with some sort of wacky surname that they won't really use. You know, like a like a hipster couple who decides they're going to form a new name with our new family. So that is the name therapist recommendation, the new, ah, the new institute. So harryandmegan.com. Uh, that's my, that's my supposition. Yeah. That's what I think will happen. Whether or not, I don't know what Sussex gives them. If in fact they are trying to build a world in North America, in LA, which we all suspected would be the case, right? Yep. Right. I mean, we're Canadian and love Canada. Obviously we live here, but we were like, I want to bless your heart at us, you know, um, that Canadians actually thought that this would be the place. I'm sure it can be a place. It can continue to be a, actually people don't bother us here. And, you know, especially in, I mean, these, as you say, are unprecedented times. So it really doesn't matter where they are per se but yeah they were always going to they were always going to go somewhere that was more substantively not associated with the family in any way right yeah and also where the action is I mean all due respect to Vancouver Island I used to spend a lot of time you know on Vancouver Island and I love it there but uh, it's not like (laughs) <laughs> it's not the nucleus of anything in terms of that kind of activity. Specifically, like celebrity activity, speaking engagements, whatever it is they're going to be doing. Nobody thirsty, and let's be honest, Harry and Meghan are thirsty. Nobody thirsty is going to live in Vancouver Island. Right. Or but on Vancouver Island. I mean, God, yes, on Vancouver Island. One of my favorite games, though, as you well know, is the real estate game. And so there's also a conversation to be had about LA and where do you live for, for Archie, for that baby that he's not constantly being, you know, they're not going to live off Melrose somewhere. Right. It's going to need to be secluded in some way. So in line with my, uh, my theory about bras going out the window, we know there are so many points of protocol for Royals, right? So many things that they have to do that maybe, uh, you know, famously Megan allegedly got in trouble for opening her own car door. What do you think are going to be the first things that they're going to throw out the window? Well, uh, I think that um, already, to your point, they signed off on their final Instagram post on Sussex Royal as Harry and Megan. That is already a thing. Great. So it's the salutation bullshit, like bow and lift a pinky and curtsy and I don't know, (laughs) all that crazy business. I like that nobody will be required to bow to them. Yeah. Or curtsy or whatever. When they still go home, they still have to, uh, home to his home, they still have to obey all those protocols. I think so. Of course. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. I don't think Megan's ever going back there or like, I, I can't imagine she'd be, I think it's going to be quite rare. Well, okay. Um, I was more going along the lines of, you know, they have arcane rules about pantyhose and things. Yeah, that is um, black nail polish lots all the time or yeah, nail color pantyhose. I think we already saw it during the farewell tour. I mean, her makeup was dialed up a little bit. Didn't you right, notice right, that? Right. I did notice that, yeah, but I don't think I knew until now that there was a restriction on nail colors, so that's entertaining. Um, Well, I mean, there was just some bitching about nail color. I don't know that there's any official restriction. Maybe something like, I don't know, can she wear some stilettos? Right, as opposed to a sedate heel? Maybe. And then I guess 
here's the thing. Here's my question to you. Well, you said, I don't know if she's ever going back there. I mean, let's cut to the big moment. Are they going back for the coronation? When and if Charles is made king? They're oh, going, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're going. Right? Yes. Right. Yes. But until then, are there things a la we're signing off as Harry and Meghan? Like, I think what the vibe is, this is what's most interesting to me. The vibe has been, hi, we're Harry and Meghan, and we're being very reasonable about all of this. We just want to live, live a different life, and all the grown-ups need to get fussed about all their protocols, but we're fine, we whatever. Are we going to see any pettiness from them? Because, I mean, Meghan had a blip of being a royal, right? But mm-hmm. this is Harry shucking off 37-odd years of life, right? Yeah. Is there going to be anything that is uh, a thumbing your nose, uh, rubbing it in kind of action? Depends on what you consider petty. Like, um, I think one of the statements has been, you know, in terms of their announcing they are no longer Sussex Royal and this and that and the other, there's a new chief of staff and... In their communication about all this, they said something along the lines of, um, hey, so um, from now forward, no royal communications reps will act on behalf of the Sussexes, including palace spokespeople, household representatives, nor royal sources. So they're basically taking a direct shot at any time you see, according to a palace spokesperson or according to a household representative from the palace or according to a royal source, none of that shit applies to them. They're not talking to those people. Those people do not speak for them. Those people are not their insiders. Do you consider that petty? Uh, It's like, it's a level two on a scale of 10, shady, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking more on the range of um, the woman that we really loved, whose name escapes me, who interviewed Prince Andrew. Emily Maitlis. Right. Um, She was obviously extremely carefully vetted and, you know, got an interview that a lot of people would not have gotten and so forth, right? I'm wondering if, you know, is one of the first interviews... I don't know, Jada Pinkett's red table talk on Facebook. Is it? (laughs) Or like, are they going on Instagram with Miley Cyrus? Like what other protocols are they going to break that were important enough for them to break this whole protocol in the first place? Oh, fuck. I would fucking love that so much if it was like something random like Emily Maitlis. Um, Or sorry, not Emily Maitlis, Miley Cyrus. Um, Right. But I think that the obvious usual candidates apply, right? Oprah, Ellen, Gail. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, do they give their first interview from the deck of Beyonce and Jay-Z's yacht and everybody's (laughs) in bikinis? Please, please, please. Um, Can you imagine? I, I, look. I hope. Of course I hope. But I also have to believe that in order for them to have made this big a giant move to have set the world on fire they're not then going to continue to be the way the Sussexes would be just without the title and the protection right yeah they obviously want to play some pretty big cards that they had to to trade for I'm out of my gambling lingo depth here but obviously they're gonna want to do something big in order to make all this worth it okay so Make your prediction. You already made a prediction about the naming, or at least a recommendation. Right. Well, listen, I'm asking you, this is where I'm supposed to have the inside track because I get to speak to you hourly. Um, You're the one who's supposed to be telling me whether or not uh, any of this is feasible. Uh, My prediction is that the first big interview is going to be with somebody unpredictable. Like, okay, Miley Cyrus is too far, but is it Trevor Noah? Is it, um, you know, somebody who is uh, outside of the generally accepted fold? So, okay, let's, let's break this down. Obviously, nobody is interviewing anybody in person until quarantine is lifted, right? 
Yes, correct. But I would say that in a month's time, people are going to have figured out how to monetize a quarantine interview in a way that they haven't right now. And that could be a huge, huge deal, right? I agree. And yet I think that for them, I think that the first interview that they do is definitely going to be an in-person. Like I can't see them doing a FaceTime interview. Okay. So let's let's say that that's true then. Um, That means they have, sorry, everybody, at least six months, maybe a lot more to wait for that interview. Okay. So in person, after the uh, virus has been planked, who is it? I mean, look, it's, it's, I don't know, are they going to go to the highest bidder? Because they could. Obviously, as you said, the, it's, it's Oprah, it's Gail, it's, they drag Barbara Walters out of retirement. I don't know. Um, it's easy for it to be a big, big name in that way. I think they want something else. I think their whole brand is, hey, we're young and we're not like everybody who's come before us. So I, I don't know, man, like I would pay so much money if it was, you know, if the return of James Corden and carpool karaoke was Harry and Meghan. You would pay, like you would do a pay-per-view fee. 100%. (laughs) You would, you would do like a a wrestling pay-per-view fee for. Absolutely. (laughs) 1999 pay-per-view for James Corden and Harry and Meghan, and they're driving in their gated community in the Hollywood Hills somewhere, a thousand percent. And so would all of you. Don't lie. (laughs) That's a really, okay. I love that. Um, Coming back down to earth. Uh Uh-huh. A realistic prediction. I don't mind my, my... Trevor Noah idea because he walks that weird line of being a comedian but being informed about world issues but he's not as uh, caustic as John Oliver would be in the same situation Uh, I'm sure there's a world where Ronan Farrow gets that interview I don't know I'm thinking maybe Michelle Obama interesting now just for the sake of argument how does that benefit Michelle um, I don't know. I, I, I think that, um, Michelle and Barack Obama have, or I think the Obama foundation has a summit every year. Mm-hmm. So it would certainly benefit the, the, like the organizers of the summit. One moment. <coughs> well, and of course, uh, Barack and Michelle, the people have, uh, a, a massive, television and film development deal. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. With uh, 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 Netflix. Things. Yes. So that's a world in which that could be mutually beneficial. Right. I would also accept that. Uh, the four of them sitting around, uh, you know, in the like Martha's Vineyard house that they'd rented for the occasion. And do Malia and, and Sasha make cameos? Uh, no. I think it's a very, I think they laugh about it. Like, oh, Molly and Sasha didn't want to be here. They're off with their friends. And then we have a shot of Archie where they're like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Only <laughs> 17 years before that's our boy. <laughs> and he like plays blithely okay. on the lawn. Would you pay nineteen ninety nine for it? Absolutely. Okay. I Do think- I get to own it in this <laughs> sense? I know nothing about wrestling uh. pay-per-views. No, you don't. Do I get to play it back? It's a one time. I actually don't know um, if you have you if you get to play the wrestling back. Like there are some things where you get to access it for 40, 48 hours, right? Uh, but I'm not sure. Like I, it's been a long time since I've ordered a wrestling on pay per view. Well, maybe you need to get on it. This is research. <laughs> okay, so I guess the benchmark that we've decided is what we would pay 19.99 for. <laughs> That's correct. But, uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I await, and you're right, that uh, COVID-19 has interrupted the get-along of all of this rollout. But I suspect there's going to be a fuck you of some sort. Some fuck you of protocol uh, for people to wring their hands over as Harry and Meghan laugh from the relative safety of a house in Brentwood or similar. I will say that I, I hope so. Like, I hope that this is a 
like this is gearing up towards a fuck you because obviously that's more fun for us. But it also shows like after you've pulled a move like this, why do you have to follow rules? And if you're not going to follow rules, you might as well make new rules or new, like you might as well carve out literally a new path. Exactly. Or uh, the other version of that being if you're in trouble with your mom and dad and you've already missed curfew or whatever it is. That's right. You may as well have as much fun as you can. Stay out all night. Exactly. That said, so with that in mind, I don't love some of the moves they've already made because I don't think that that is breaking curfew all the way. So they, for example, have retained the services of Sunshine Sachs. Sunshine Sachs is a PR firm quite established in Hollywood. They rep like Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Ben Affleck. Um, I believe Justin Timberlake is in there or was. I haven't checked on his representation lately. Um, uh-huh. And it's a bit old school. Hmm. Okay. You know, think about the actors they represent, right? Quite traditional. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio isn't doing anything fucking creative with his PR. No, they've been part of the system for a long, long time. That's right. Now, she was with Sunshine Sacks uh, when she was acting, so I understand that there's an established relationship there, and yet they have processes that are institutionalized, right? Not as institutionalized as the British royal family, but we're not talking about outside-of-the-box PR. Well, what I like about it, though, I mean, I started coming around more when you said that she used to be her PR, which I liked. I also like that, sure, it's not outside of the box PR, but Harry and Meghan are about to have outside of the box positions, outside of the box in Hollywood and outside of the box for royals, right? So I appreciate that you might need somebody who can tap real traditional streams to make that seem legitimate. I will see. I I I don't love, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I don't love... Um, I don't love some of the moves that were made so far. They're a little bit old school. I don't love going to People Magazine for everything. Um, Uh I don't love that um, their second to last Instagram post had no follow through before they cut that shit off. Like it was completely unstrategic. You know, their second to last Instagram post last week was a guide to how to like make it through the pandemic. So like wash your hands and check for this and check for that. And then in the caption, it was like, we will be posting more information about COVID-19 going forward. The next post is, hey, the end, we're not posting on this uh, Instagram anymore. Right. A little messy. Uh, Like messy. And if I had to guess, like, I mean, we will never know, but if they're being advised on PR and counseled on PR, that whole PR team has to wear that. Megan and Harry have to wear it. And also whoever is doing their publicity. It's a little bit sloppy. It's not as Beyonce. How about that? Yeah, I, I hear you on that. I get that. Um, and yet I'm, I'm almost ready to be defendy again and say they, we can't expect there will be no growing pain. No, and that's that's what I hope that they'll take this time during isolation and lockdown to really fine tune the strategy, right? I mean, the last few months have been tumultuous, some of the things they couldn't have anticipated. So, of course, when you're dealing with a moving target all the time or you feel like you're the moving target, you can't necessarily make really great and strategic decisions, but now that you have the time, it is a reset then actually take that time and come out with something fucking amazing. That's the expectation. That's why this is still such a conversation. Everybody wants, after all this, something big. Nobody knows what that will be and whether or not it will be pay-per-view. Yeah. But everybody wants something big. Yes? Right. And, uh, you know, our... Our... um. Our small brains can't conceive of it? it? No. What is the word I'm looking for? Our gold standard for make it worth waiting for would be homecoming. Would be I... the Beyonce Coachella. Beachella. And, uh, yeah, okay. And so it's about, oh, okay, this is the thing. Uh, we had to postpone it by a year because she got pregnant with twins. 
we know you're capable of this. And then we find out that this is all the rehearsal time that was required. The three sound stages, 200 people, a pyramid, all that stuff. You were working underground. We didn't see it. We knew, but you know, we knew you were plotting it. So given that we know you're plotting it, Harry and Megan, then when it happens, deliver. Right. But I guess the difference is we have no idea what that delivery is going to be. Is it a show? Is it an interview? Is it a series of middle grade novels that are thinly veiled about their lives? Um, I'm really curious about which avenue they strike into first and how it's going to set the tone for everything that comes after. You are more cheery than me about it. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting to be surprised. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I, I hope like, and me too, I want to be surprised and I want us to be fist pumpy about it because it would be the best haha. You know what I mean? Yes. And that I think is what we're getting at here. Yeah. After having pulled such a big move, after having stayed out all night and missed your curfew, you got to have a big haha. That's right. So make it a big haha. Don't half-ass this shit. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Okay, so week after week, or sorry, episode after after episode, since we're doing multiple episodes a week lately, we have been at least, um, we've been talking about how all kinds of business streams in Hollywood have been adjusting to the new reality of staying at home, working from home. Um, and uh, in late night, they're all kind of beginning to come back now. Um, some of them are doing monologues every night, and then they're Skyping in with their friends. Um, and they're starting to develop a rhythm. And over the last three years, Jimmy Fallon and The Tonight Show have been losing ground to Colbert mm-hmm. and The Late Show, mm-hmm. uh, steadily losing ground in the ratings. Then COVID-19 and the lockdown happens. And I would say in recent weeks, at least, Fallon has been kind of outdoing Colbert and he has two secret weapons. Aha. Uh-huh. Go on. His two secret weapons. I mean, it's been what, four or five episodes of The Tonight Show so far with Jimmy doing his monologue thing and his usual bits, but at home filmed by his wife and his two daughters are assisting him. I'm putting assisting in quotes because I don't know that they're, I don't know that they're, it's, it's like that this is what Jimmy wanted. It's just that this, they, there was no choice. He's at home, they're at home, and there's no way to keep those two little girls out of the shot. Right. So you may as well have them in it. That's right. And people are loving his children. I mean, they are hilarious. And his reaction to them, I mean, it's killing me. And I don't necessarily like watching kids, but it's just so funny to me because even if this is a bit and they're kind of riding, what's your expression? Ride the horse in the direction that it's going. Right, right, right. Um, it's working for me so far. Well, I suspect the reason that it's working is because, you know, we rarely see kids on TV who are not coached, who are not scripted, right? That's right. Even if he had them on before, even if there was a bit, um, there's a whole industry that's organized around how to get kids and pets to do the things you want them to do on TV. But one of the reasons that I am so excited by what's happening on, on Fallon is that that's what reality looks like. So regardless of how rich the celebrity, uh, they've all correctly 
uh, had their help, had their assistants and, and nannies and whatnot stay at home, right? Yeah. Those people are not there. No. Ergo, you, the kids want to be where you are. Yeah. Unless you want them to be where you are, in which case they don't want any part of it. No. So that's, <laughs> that's a part that is so realistic and so attractive because it's realistic. The other thing that makes it so goddamn refreshing is that those kids could give a shit. No, you're right. Because sometimes when kids show up on TV, they're the performery kids and there's that weird, you know, they're they're too... Aware. Yeah. Yeah. These two are not that. No. Francis and Winnie, by the way, are their names. Yes. These two are not that. They are actually, for them, they're just doing their thing. Well, and it's also compounded. I don't know if they would be that if they went to the set of The Tonight Show, where I'm sure they've been before, right? But it's like it's a million people and like lots of shiny lights and things like that. And maybe dad looks a bit different than usual. This is literally happening like at the bottom of the stairs <laughs> at their house, yes. in the backyard, in their tent. <laughs> Mom is holding the camera. Yeah. like And is, laughing. And the camera's shaking while she's laughing. Because there's no reason that they should have to behave. Yeah. And, you know, I, I you said, and I agree, that he's sort of getting sort of frustrated at times with yeah. them. But that's the, that is very, very normal. And as a result, very endearing. Because I'm like, the, the worst, it would be worse if you were, sit down, sit down, stop that. <laughs> Like, that'd be awful and not what you want to see. But the alternative is, well, okay, they're just going to wander over there with that iPad that I gave them as a soundboard. So the best laid plans. The one humanizing. The most recent one I watched was the two of them were supposed to help him do this bit that he did. I think he, like, writes thank you notes. And one of them just kept pressing the button randomly when she wasn't supposed to. And then eventually she left. So he seemed relieved for about 30 seconds until Mm -hmm. she went upstairs to do whatever. And he's trying to finish off his thing. And then you can hear the pounding where whatever, she's either jumping on the bed or jumping off the bed or slamming the walls. And he looks to the camera that his wife Nancy is holding. And it's the eyes of like, kill me now. It's, it's and the eyes that he wanted to die. <laughs> right. And here's the thing about that. Um, as a parent, I guarantee you he's exchanging that look with his wife in the exact same way when the camera is off as well. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, look, I love my child more than life itself. We're not meant to spend all this time together. <laughs> We're not meant, all of us, to never have any time from one another. My pain... You look like Jimmy Fallon right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, my pain, some of you on Twitter know this a little bit, is uh, Beyblades. They are plastic and metal items that need to be ripped loudly and obnoxiously onto the floor many, many dozens of times a day. Um, And let me assure you that that's going to go on whether I'm doing a podcast or not. If I was uh, live across America tomorrow, there'd still be goddamn Beyblades on the floor. Right. It's, it is a, it is a coronavirus joy that children could give a shit about what's (laughs) happening. They're just like, yeah, okay. And they don't care about whatever the hell his job is. What are you telling jokes into a phone? Yeah. Well, and of course the OG of this is, um, that a professor who was doing that interview on BBC. Oh, bless. And he lives in South Korea and um, his daughter and son crashed the interview. And a it- very, very <laughs> important and dry interview that he was doing with BBC <laughs> about like, right. world politics. And then, yes, his daughter, Marion, uh, basically my patron saint, <laughs> Um, strolls jauntily into the room, as you said, could give a shit and is like, oh, hey, what's up? 
Um, and then, of course, the comedy just kind of layered itself on top of each other. Like the layers of comedy just came quickly because then mom came into the room and tried to grab the kids. And then as soon as she closed the door, they were screaming. It was right. like, let me back in. Um, so that's kind of the OG of this. And that was accidental and meant to be like, oh, hey, sometimes this happens for people who work from home. Now everybody is working from home. And this is the kind of thing that's happening millions of times a day, probably on Zoom and on live television, um, over Skype and FaceTime, on Good Morning America or the Today Show or CNN or wherever people are working from. Right. Um, in a way that it never has, because of course, yeah, if you ever did do a segment for some reason at home with Jimmy or at home with whomever before and now, there would have been many, many uh, helpers, staff, whomever, who would have kept everybody safely away from the shooting environment, right? That's right. All the respect of quiet on the set is gone. Yep. All the elements of, oh, well, we're privileged enough to have extra help gone yeah don't get me wrong they still live in their palaces and they you know have privileges the rest of us cannot imagine I'm not saying that but on a sheer day-to-day uh 24-7 with your children level yeah uh they're just like us well I work on a talk show we went back on the air this week um and off the top Melissa Grello um our moderator said hey listen we're working from home uh the technology might not hold up in terms of you know our screens might freeze the audio might go in and out this is the reality children might run into the shot uh, pets might run into the shot and you know the first 10 minutes of the show featured in my shot in the corner one of my dogs is asses that's where sure. <laughs> That's where he chose to sit. Right. Um, He moved eventually. But Mm -hmm. yes, in the corner of my shot was a dog ass and a dog tail. Right. Um, He, thank God, like I'm waiting for this to happen. Um, Dogs, as we know, groom themselves. They lick their uh, private parts. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We've been doing this podcast (laughs) for three odd years. You've said every filthy (laughs) thing I can think of. But for private parts, <laughs> you had to stammer and go polite all of a sudden? Fine. My dogs love fucking going to town on their dicks. There we go. That's the woman I know. Um, And I don't know. I'm waiting for it where one of them will just like climb behind me and decide that now would be the time when we're rolling to go to town on his dick. Um, right. I can't stop that. In, you know, and it, in a studio, even... I can stop it. He's not invited to the studio. But yeah, I can't stop it. No, and it would be worse if you were, you know, strategically holding up your hand to block it or or waving to make it not the case. I mean, uh, you just got to let that play out and let this novelty of being at home be, uh, you know, what we get to enjoy. So on a, like, I don't know, to get real fucking philosophical, do you oh, think... Boy. Do you think that this period of working from home, who knows how long it's going to last? I mean, you just threw out a six months just now and scared people. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Let's say optimistically we're back at work in June in North America. Uh-huh. Optimistically. Uh-huh. So that's three months of working from home. Um, will that be enough to sort of establish certain habits or relax certain standards. You know, you talked about how Meghan and Harry won't have to like fucking wear pantyhose and he might be able to wear sneakers with a suit. Um, Will we get less precious and rigid about perfection? In what version of things? I don't know. Like, let's say we go back on to, let's, let's say that the Tonight Show resumes production in um in the studio mm-hmm. and um i don't know like uh, a picture frame is off center right um uh, no i think that will still be something that people will correct because they can't i i think that the small things that can be changed you can change you know we're shooting your house uh, when you go live every day, but you can arrange what's in that shot. You can make that sort of YouTube perfect environment if you want to. What I hope does change is uh, that this has 
established beyond a shadow of a doubt for anybody, for everybody, that we all have families, we all have stuff to worry about, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, People who don't have children are running out to take parents' groceries and, you know, help neighbors or have dogs who need to lick their own dicks or whatever. Um, I hope there will be less of, I think everybody will be excited to be at work and focus at work, but I think if your workday is interrupted by your family or your life, if you have a phone call, if there's a problem and somebody's sick and you have to stay home, that there will be less of a stigma about that. Yeah. Because that has been a thing that has been plaguing people. And by people, of course, I mean women um, for a long, long time. Uh, that's the joke that you and I have had about I need a wife. Uh, you yeah. know, that uh, I think that this has allowed people to see that people can be as functional as possible but also have to deal with the the other elements of their life, whether that's children or parents or other, you know, or spouses or whomever who need care and attention. And I hope that part goes away. Uh, the stigma, that is. What that looks like, uh, I don't exactly know, but I certainly hope there are more relaxed uh, attitudes around working from home and taking a sick day and that kind of thing. On the other hand, no, I think people are going to be dressed up to the nines <laughs> once they go out and get to look at other humans again. I have to say that's like the one thing, if we can say that there's one thing is I haven't, like elastic waistbands have been like 24-7 has just been really like, thank, I'm, I, I, I don't, I'm afraid. I'm afraid right now of my closet. I mean, I think that's okay. It. It's uh, talk to me in a couple of months when it's shorts time and you know you're starting to enjoy your your cute summer looks even if the dogs are the only ones who get to see them, um, and then we'll see what we see. Okay, so speaking of working from home, um, the iHeart Living Room concert featured all performers performing from home. Right, Sunday night. Yep, on Fox. Raising money for um, COVID-19 healthcare workers and relief. Very good cause. We were excited about it because we thought if it was going to be real live, then, you know, work porn and hilarity would ensue. It was pretty safe. Uh, Most of it pre-taped, we can say. Yes. uh, As you point out, the only live part maybe was switching from one pre-taped segment to the next. That's uh, right. Which you're less worried about the, the, uh, there's less of an element of kids and dogs yeah. in that scenario. I mean, certainly the performers themselves performed like in an unedited way, but they still had the opportunity for sure to do it like five, six, seven times to get it like the way they wanted it to, to before they uploaded it to whatever Dropbox and sent it over to Fox. For sure. Um, okay. But still... There were some moments. Uh-huh. Um, Mariah Carey being one of them. Many I mean, of them. If you're gonna start there, then Mariah Carey's the only <laughs> guest. Um well, Look, I thought she did well, first of all. Yeah, she sounded great. Uh-huh. In her home studio, where the acoustics are perfectly lined up for her. Right, but she was also singing live, unlike some. Yep. <laughs> so would you like to spend a couple of minutes on the sum? Uh, no, because I couldn't even, I, I didn't see all of the segments, so I don't want to, I don't want to malign one group of five people <laughs> unfairly because maybe other people no, also sang no. the track that they made in fucking 1999. No, no, those were the only ones. It was so bad. I was mad. What's the point? Everybody else was singing, not from a track. Oh, it like it wasn't even a different track. It wasn't even like the track of I Wanted That Way that was recorded for some other benefit in 2015. They were literally singing to the the track from the year 2000. It was bad. <laughs> okay. Let's go back to Mimi. Yes. So she was... She sang live. She sang live. She had backup singers. Backup singers. Yeah. yeah. But they were also singing live. Yeah. Like live to their own tapes that were edited in. Yeah. yeah. So she was singing live. 
Uh, she did her signature. What do you call those things that she does at the end? Um, you call them Whistles? vocalizations. Whistles? Well, it sounds like she's, she's without whistling, she's whistling. Do you mean like when she goes like, yeah, like that? yeah, that's yeah. You call them vocalizations or embellishments or whatever. Okay, um, she sounded great. She excuse me, you didn't say how on key I was just there, which I was, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so what else aside from the singing? Yes. What and was the yeah. what was the work that we admired? On Mariah's part, she looked like she was having fun, which you know is always my number one in this scenario. If you're going to perform on something like this, you have to look like you're happy to be there. And she looked great. And, you know, her hair was defying gravity and moving around of its own volition. <laughs> I was into that. Um, I, I think she did her best to give the performance that we desperately needed her to, right? I agree. I would have wanted her to do that from her bathtub. Uh-huh. However, I suppose if you have a home studio, as one does in their apartment in New York City, then right. you should then that's allowable. Then you should perform from your home studio. Right. For sure. Um I what did you think of the fact that they left her to the end? Ah. Uh- you know, I, I think that that I think that's the right move because it's going to be the most showy, if not show stoppy, right? There are people who are there are people who are more showy, but Dave Grohl doesn't end a show. Mm-hmm. Alicia Keys doesn't end a show, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They're, they're, that's not what they're for. So I thought that was great. I did wonder if they were going to get ambitious and have some sort of like duet go on with with she and Elton, but uh, no such luck. Were you, did you like how they lined up the shot? How do you mean? Like that, that weird angle that she was at? What we know about the angle and why the angle needed to be at, on that side of her face. I get that. But it seemed real tight. Well, look, Elaine, you said it yourself, New York City. No matter how big a place you have, and you can have a huge apartment. Duanna. You've never seen Cribs? You've never seen her on Cribs? Yeah, but a recording studio is not meant to be a big, vast room because then it echoes. You're meant to be in a small place so that you have some reverb. You saw that she had the baffling on the walls there. I bet you she was in her booth, which I've been in a lot of recording studios. The booth itself is not usually much bigger than that unless it's supposed to contain like an entire orchestra. And even then, it's pretty cozy. I thought that was the realities of where we are. And probably there wasn't much to look at in there. I did notice, though, that if it is her home studio, most uh, recording studios, most sound environments are, of course, black, right? Mm-hmm. They're covered, um, <laughs> they're black, they're covered in black boffling or uh-huh. that, like, egg crate foam yes. that's like a dark gray, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hers, of course. Perfectly lit. All white. <laughs> All right, we're not going to have any of that black shit around here. No. Don't tell me I'm going to go into some no. cocoon and, and sing late. Like, I don't want to be in a dark room. No, I want to be surrounded by white and opulence at all times. I thought the shot was that tight because she either wasn't wearing pants. Or, Very possible. <laughs> or didn't want us to see the pants that she was wearing. Um, yeah, so I thought that the shot was that tight for that reason. It could be a, like, for sure, it could be a space issue. I have a hard time believing that her booth would be tiny, but okay. Um, But yeah, I was a little bit surprised that we didn't see, but I I think that, yeah, probably the styling was from waist up. I mean, look, though, you've told me a million times she can be carried places when she needs to. She can be placed on stools if she needs to. So I'm not sure that she couldn't have wardrobed for this if she, if she didn't want to or worn some (laughs) giant diaphanous skirt that would hide the fact that it was unzipped at the back. She could have done any of the above. She could have been sprawled on a couch. I, I thought it was for, yeah, for booth reasons and like booth authenticity, if you will. Cause some of the other shots were not that tight. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, Tim McGraw did his out at his pool. So when you're talking right. about sound, like you could actually hear the wind still. Yeah. So did Nick Carter. <laughs> but remember, he didn't have to worry about that. I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> On that note, that's a perfect way to end it. I think this episode of Share Your Work. Thank you all so much for listening and for your feedback. We are collecting some emails. We'll see if we can get to them next episode because you have all been telling us about your um, isolation, uh, quarantine, working from home stories, and we really, really appreciate the insight. Cannot wait to dig into those and all the news that, yeah, happily keeps coming at us. So we will see you next time. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, leave comments and messages. And until then, show your work. Bye. Bye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.